Often, when we embark on the journey to build healthier habits, we find ourselves navigating the rugged terrain of behavior change. It's challenging, there's no doubt about it. But as any seasoned hiker knows, the most difficult paths often lead to the most breathtaking views. You've experienced this if you've ever persevered through a tough hike, tempted to turn back, only to be rewarded with a stunning vista because you didn't. Hi, I'm Heather Young, a yoga therapist and a movement specialist. And I'm Jennifer Klutz, a registered dietitian nutritionist. Today, we're thrilled to welcome a special guest, an expert in helping women successfully create new health habits. Many of us grapple with the frustration of failed attempts at lasting change. The journey towards sustainable change can feel uncertain, filled with unfulfilled promises and moments of doubt. Yet, amidst these challenges, there's a timeless truth. The harder the climb, the greater the potential reward. Joining us for this critical conversation is Clara Colley. Clara holds a bachelor's in dietetics from the University of Georgia and is a registered dietitian, a licensed dietitian nutritionist, a NASA certified personal trainer, and a precision nutrition certified coach. Just as fellow hikers offer encouragement and tips to keep you going on the trail, we aim to provide the same support and guidance in this conversation. We want to empower you to persevere, adjust your strategy as needed, and ultimately achieve success in reaching your goals. Join us for this conversation with Clara as we share the truth about what it really takes to initiate healthy, sustainable changes. Together, we're cutting through the cultural noise and we're uncovering the practical strategies you need to kickstart healthy habits and transform how you care for yourself. Are you ready to change your tomorrow and start feeling good again? You're in the right place. Grab your coffee and together, let's start doing wellness differently. I'm Heather Young, a certified personal trainer. And I'm Jennifer Klutz, a registered dietitian nutritionist. Join us for conversations that will inspire you to ask better questions, remove the overwhelm, and discover what you can do to change your health now. Welcome to the Critical Conversations Podcast. Welcome, Clara. We are so happy to have you here with us today. Feels like this conversation spent a long time coming. I am thrilled to be talking with y'all virtually. I'm so grateful just for technology and the opportunity to connect and have a conversation, a critical conversation. Um, I remember listening to this podcast for the first time in like 2018 or 19. So it's surreal to be on it now. That's funny. You're one of the OGs. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. And because of technology, you're talking to us, you know, all the way from North Carolina. We're all the way on the West Coast in California. And I think both spots have great hiking. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I am in Western North Carolina, so we have, I know we have really great hiking, but I know y'all also have really great hiking in a different way. Yes, different. The terrain is different. It's not quite as green as North Carolina, but it (laughs) still is beautiful. And you still have a lot of those places where you have the payoff of a hard climb. Yes. Yeah. We actually went um, to Colorado in September for like a hiking trip. And it's just crazy how the mountains were so different there than they were here. Yeah. It's pretty cool that creation, how varied it is in all the different places in the United States. Plus you have the added is the altitude was probably a change. Oh my gosh. The altitude. It got me. (laughs) (laughs) I like the humility. Mm Yeah. I had a human body. It had to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. It was a factor. I was like, I knew I would have to deal with, but I was like, I'll be fine. I was not, in fact, fine. (laughs) I care to admit a number of days to acclimate. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's interesting, though, because I think that's the perfect jumping off point into our discussion on habits, because I feel like the prevailing sense around starting a healthy habit or making a change is like, here you go. You'll be fine. Just do it. And it, when in fact, it is as more like a difficult of a change as going from having no altitude to altitude, where you're, you're really increasing the work and increasing the effort. It takes a lot of effort to make a habit. And so that's a lot of the noise we see around habits and that discussion is that it's 
they make it seem so easy when in fact it's one of the most difficult things you can do. Gosh, absolutely. And I love the the metaphor of like climbing a mountain with the altitude. It's like you can see it maybe on Instagram and it looks super effortless and easy, but then you put yourself in that situation and it's like, wait, this is hard. That's what social media does is it takes the hard work and eliminates that and shows you the payoff right away. Yes. And it seems like it was easy to get there. Like just the choice or the decision to make the change was all that really mattered in that process. Mm -hmm. It's like you just flip a light switch and, oh yeah, I changed. (laughs) (laughs) That. (laughs) So with that in mind, obviously you work with so many women and you have a heart like we do of helping people actually win and succeed in making healthy habits and feeling better in their bodies. Right now, what would you say are the noisiest messages that you see distracting women or discouraging them when they try to set up a new healthy habit? You know, it's funny that we're having this conversation today because I was on a walk after lunch earlier this afternoon and just thinking of the women I work with as like a dietitian and a fitness trainer. uh, A lot of them are on social media. I'm on social media. That's how many of them find me. And there is no lack of shortage of information on Instagram of, you know, how to overhaul your health, how to adopt all of these new habits, just kind of drinking from a fire hose of information, uh, tips and tricks and hacks and things like this. And it's overwhelming. And I think it honestly is a really big disservice to women because it's kind of a, a cheap way at getting at transformation in their health. Uh, because it's like, okay, I've taken in the information. I saved that post. I, I saved this reel. And so they have all of this information in their brain and maybe they go and try to implement it, but they don't end up following through for a number of reasons. And then it kind of weighs on them mentally of like, well, I failed at that again, or that didn't work. I mean, there is just a lot of noise. And that's kind of one of the first things that kind of came to my mind is just the overload of information and tips and tricks that are shared on social media. Sometimes I think out of good faith and I will admit I definitely share tips and tricks as well, but just knowing they don't actually lead to lasting transformation. That's like one step uh, up that metaphorical mountain, really. Um, I think another one, and this kind of feeds into that kind of like Instagram tip hack bucket But it's just thinking that your change, like if you are trying to change your health, you are not happy with where you are. I think our mind goes to, I need a total overhaul. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need Mm -hmm. to just like wipe the slate clean and start completely fresh. And that's, you know, that's going to be the best approach. And it, I mean, it's appealing. My goodness, we all love a clean slate. I think that's why probably a ton of us, you know, start New Year's resolutions on January 1st or a Monday or the start of the new month. We can take that motivation and run with it for sure. But the total overhaul aspect of making change and sticking with healthy habits is doing a lot of women a disservice just because, I mean, if you think about it, most women who are trying to change and most women I work with, they have families, they are in school or they have a full-time job. They have kids, uh, they have like engagements outside of work, outside of their relationships. Maybe they're volunteering at something or um, they're heading up their passion project or something like that. Like they, their mind is in so many different places that to think they could put all of their effort, all of their focus and time and energy on a total overhaul of everything they're doing for their health um, is just a lot of noise that ends up kind of building up this like uh, excitement, but then they get into the thick of the hike, the metaphorical hike. We're going to run with that. (laughs) Um, It feels super overwhelming. It flies in the face of what we know about change and change theory. It's one of the most difficult things you can do because everything about your body, your brain, your life, your habits Everything you do is all hardwired on those systems that you just said, you know, we could theoretically completely wipe away and start clean. And science says it can't happen. 
That's not the way it works. And so it sets people up for a lot of shame and frustration in their inability to follow through on changes because we aspire to their dreams, which are always much bigger than what reality actually allows us to do. You said it perfectly. (laughs) And to build on top of that, what you mentioned, which is most of the women that even we work with, they're not, they're not just taking care of themselves. They are taking care of others and they are also managing, you know, either work or school. So there is a lot of different things that they are taking care of, quote unquote, right? And what gets lost in the noise is you only have so much one brain power Mm -hmm. and so much physical energy to do so many things, right? You only have so much time. Yeah. And how I just start to describe helping people understand that a lot of times we're getting into decision fatigue, which is then also driving widespread failure is having someone think about how many decisions are you making on a daily basis and how many of them are for you and how many of them also include others that can't make decisions for themselves, like Mm -hmm. children, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Which is why developing habits is so powerful in lifelong change, in a transformation of your lifestyle Because if something doesn't get to a habit where it becomes automatic and you are no longer using brain power, you just do it, Mm. then you're chronically stuck in, I'm just going to use willpower, quote unquote, to do this thing and not even getting to the point where you start to feel the ease within the change Mm -hmm. because you're just stuck chronically making all of these decisions. Like I'm mentally exhausted thinking of that. (laughs) Like I'm just thinking of, okay, if I am, well, I'll use myself as an example. Like I am married and we're expecting our first child in two, three months time. And just thinking of, we are redoing our bathroom right now. We're having to put together a nursery figure out, you know, what all we need for our diaper or our hospital bag and just like all of the things that are coming with this like big unknown. And then I also have work. I also have friendships and relationships that I'm pouring into. Like if I was trying to make a complete overhaul to my health, like you said, like we only have so much time and mental bandwidth and like energy and focus that we can put forth to that. Um, and so it's like, if we, tr- if we put this expectation on ourselves of like, I should be able to do everything or I'm going to change everything. And then we're trying to implement five different new habits at once. It's like, we're juggling five balls before we even know how to like juggle one. Um, and I actually heard this, oh gosh, um, statistic from a study a couple years ago, and I'm probably going to get the exact percentages slightly incorrect, but it essentially found that like when you focus on changing one behavior at a time, implementing one new habit at a time, you have like a greater than an 85% chance of that habit actually sticking, which is what most people want. Whereas if you are then focusing on like two new habits at once, your chance of success at sticking with those habits, I think it drops to like 30%. And then if you're focusing on making three or more changes at once, your chance of success drops to like 5%. So it's like, if you want to like have the quote, uh, quick fix in your health, you need to be focusing on making one change at a time because it sounds counterintuitive, but that is really the quickest way to get where you want to get is one thing at a time rather than the complete overhaul that you can stick with for 12 hours, if that. I love that you shared those numbers because the data doesn't lie at that point. Our dad is a data guy. He's like, show me the numbers. 
And the thing is, it's it's it matters when you see them. And then there's more motivation to be like, okay, I can go against what feels a little countercultural and a little counterintuitive mm-hmm. and do the one when there's this undeniable shift in my ability to achieve success. But you are still trying to transform how you see the data versus feelings. Mm-hmm. Because What I commonly see is many people, when you are trying to streamline and create meaningful change for them, Mm -hmm. for them, because of the story they built in their head and what they see on social, right? All the noise, because of all the noise, to them, it feels like they're taking three steps back and they're going too slow. What do you see with that? I would love your perspective on that. Yeah, that is probably the hardest part of what I do. (laughs) (laughs) it's getting people to see it in a different perspective and and honestly the best way I know how to like ask the question is like how has that been working for you like this is the approach that you've taken for five ten twenty years where you go all in on this like diet or some huge program where you're changing everything how has that worked or if you've been DIYing it yourself, like how has that worked for you? And not in like a judgmental way, but like, I am genuinely curious, how has that made you feel mentally, physically, emotionally? Do you feel like you are capable of making change or has it kind of like taken the wind out of your sails? And I think it, it really does come to a point where the person has to, I hate to use the term rock bottom, but like you kind of meet this metaphorical rock bottom of like, okay, well, I've tried everything else. So like, yeah, I guess I'll try this like one change at a time thing that you're telling me about. Um, but honestly, even that I feel like can have limited success because, and it comes back to how people think about it. And Um, I think about it like if you are maybe on like a dock and there's a boat in the water and you like stick one foot into the boat, but you have one foot on the dock, you're going to be like split in two and it's going to feel really uncomfortable. And then you're probably going to fall into the water and make a whole mess out of things. And so what I mean by that is I feel like some people kind of go into like, yeah, I'll try one thing at a time not fully committed and bought into believing that that can actually move the needle for them more than trying to do 10 things at once. And that honestly, I mean, that is hard. That's the hard part of change is like, okay, I'm going to do something that I've never done before. And, you know, maybe, maybe I do have evidence or proof that it's worked for other people. Maybe I have this coach, this dietitian, you know, giving me evidence that it's worked, but I mean, the rubber has to meet the road. We have to do it for ourselves and actually see that, yeah, this can actually work and give it time, <laughs> give it time, change takes time. We don't want to wrap our head around because we live in such an instant gratification society. Um, but like actual change takes time. It takes more than 30 days. And I can't even remember, I feel like, you know, I always heard that line of like, it takes 21 days to form a habit, but I think the range is actually much broader. I don't know if y'all know that at all. Yeah. Yes. It's in the hundreds. Like the biggest number I've seen is. all the way up to 254 days. Yeah. Depending on the complexity of the change you're making. Yeah. Right. So basically you're talking about almost a year. But no one wants to hear that. The truth is so uncomfortable. And so you can't tell them that they won't even tr- like try it. But yeah. Jennifer and I were just talking about this with what your boat metaphor is really true, that you have to get in the boat and try it. In change theory, one of the biggest things that will actually lead you to successful change is to just try it and truly try it so that you can start to experience what it feels like in your life. And most of us spend so much time thinking about, you know, why it won't work or the way we used to do things that we aren't willing to give it a full try. A full try is both feet in the boat (laughs) for sure. Mm -hmm. But then when you do, you can start to experience that it does 
increase momentum. It does build your confidence in making changes and it does start to create a change in how you feel. And a good metaphor I had seen on trying to coach people through the slowing down to speed up. That's what you're asking people to do. You're asking them to slow down to speed up is when you slow down to start doing one habit at a time, you see all these people racing past you in your peripheral vision because they're still trying for the wiping the slate clean, the huge transformational change, and you feel left behind. But if you start to envision that you just anchored yourself into a slingshot and that you're pulling yourself back, even though it looks like everyone's racing past you and that you're loading that slingshot, then when you let it go, like the momentum is insane. And right now it's really fun. We have a few clients that are right in that space where everything in their life is changing because they just kept showing up for that first habit and then the next habit. And now it's explosive change. Their health markers are changing. Their confidence is just exploding. And it's all because they bothered to walk back the slingshot and pull it all the way back and make the most out of their effort. I love that example. That was incredible. I, the one I've been using. How pretty is it? <laughs> I honestly might because the one I have been using to kind of demonstrate the slow down, the speed up. <laughs> um, embarrassing to even say it. I can't wait. Is um, Did y'all remember the, the floss dance move from a few years ago? Not going to lie, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm sure if we saw it, we would probably know what it is, but by just the name, no, no. Yeah, it's good. Um, that means y'all actually have a life. But <laughs> it is this dance move that, like, I don't know. Middle schoolers did it. Elementary school kids, I don't know. My like twelve year old cousin does it all the time, <laughs> and um, it's so funny because you watch people do it and you're like, oh, that's so easy. I can do that. And so you kind of pick it up and and do it with them, but they do it really, really, really fast. And so you try to do it really, really, really fast mm. right out of the gate. And you look like an idiot because you can't do it. And so the best way to learn this dance move is to slow it down. And this could probably work with any dance move, but um, is to actually slow down the movement and get the rhythm like down pat. And then as you kind of figure out your groove, you speed it up. And then it feels a lot easier and more effortless. Um, and so that has been the uh, metaphor or the the description I have used to slow down and speed up. But I like yours so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I think they both work because different metaphors work for different brains. So now yeah. we've included two. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but I, I do want to say one thing that y'all said about, like, you actually have to try. You have to truly jump in the boat with both feet and give it a solid effort. And I think what a lot of people um, do when it comes to their health and maybe trying this different approach of like, I'm going to take it one habit at a time and kind of quote slow things down a little bit, they're hesitant, which I totally get. It's something new. Um, And so kind of with that hesitation, rather than being committed, they're just kind of like interested. And it's like, it could work, it could not work. And so when you have that like, that belief and that approach that is going to directly influence the quote results you get from that change or that habit. Like if you're not fully invested in making the change and giving it a solid effort, then you're not going to get the results that you can get because you haven't actually really put in the effort to see what could be possible. And so, um, I've been learning a lot just about kind of how our our thoughts and our beliefs really can be the driver in how successful we are in making these kind of health habits stick for the long run and be enjoyable. So I love that you said, yeah, you have to actually like try. <laughs> Jump in with both feet. <laughs> exactly. And to build on that, that try, what we're usually trying to do and for anybody listening, what you can try is as a culture, we are taught to be judgmental. So we're taught to judge the action or quote unquote, judge the change above anything else. So instead of choosing curiosity to look at it or, you know, discovery or, you know, 
any other positive way you can evaluate something, it's usually first through a lens of judgment of trying to tear it apart, trying to dissect it and decide how it will not work instead of a lens of saying, how can this work? Mm -hmm. And so within that, what I am trying to coach into people is the first step is we are a perfectionistic culture. We are, we often believe that we should be able to do something right the first time we do it instead of the truth, which is the first time you do something, you're going to be terrible. <laughs> going back to your dancing analogy, they kind of go hand in hand of like, in order for you to be good at this and look cool, because I'm assuming it looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Then, then you, then you have to go slow first and then you can go fast and then look like this amazing dancer. The same goes for in this conversation, which is you first need to allow yourself to be bad at it. And that is legitimately what I tell people is when you go and do this tomorrow morning, it's going to feel terrible. You're going to feel silly and you're excited about that. And you know why you're excited about that? Because if you knew how this felt, you would not be going somewhere new. You would not be walking into change. You would be staying stuck. You would be staying in the old. You would not be allowing yourself to do it badly and to go somewhere where you're going to be doing it well. And so that's what I, I encourage everybody is one, curiosity and that mindset is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. And two, allow yourself to do it badly. I love that. Be okay with being bad at it. Yeah, we honestly were raised. Our knee-jerk reaction is to only do things we're good at. Like yep. if you didn't think you could win the volleyball game, don't play. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say is I had to first learn to coach myself yes. through that perfectionistic mindset to actually allow myself to experience change. Because it's embarrassing not to be good at something. We're used to being judged like Jennifer just said. But what we forget in this social media world is you're looking at someone's picture or video where they're showing you the end result. They're mm -hmm. at the top of the mountain. They mm -hmm. have failed and fallen and face planted and not done it so many times. And so once you start to understand that being bad is actually a part of the journey, we're just not seeing that enough to really recognize it, then it can start to help you feel a little bit more at peace with the experience. Yeah. And have that open mind of like, oh, like this is okay. I think uh, I talked to a lot of my clients about being okay with failure and like quote, mm -hmm. messing up or dropping the ball. And, you know, we can, I think a lot of times we come from this kind of, like you said, we see this like picture perfect image of people on Instagram where everything's going perfectly. Um, and so we can kind of hang our heads in shame if we feel like, oh my gosh, I can't keep up with this or I keep messing up, I keep failing, I keep forgetting to do my workouts or whatnot. But rather than looking at that as like a failure, as like your kind of like moral identity or ability or lack of ability to be healthy, looking at it as like an opportunity for feedback of like, okay, well, that didn't work in this situation. And, and getting that curiosity going in like a compassionate manner of like, what, what do I think like led to that not working out and just having an open mind of not just automatically looking at it like ah, I failed. It's not meant to be, but being okay with being bad at it. And with that, knowing that you're probably going to run into quote failures or roadblocks and being excited, honestly being like, good, what can I learn from it? Yeah. You learned a way it won't work for you. And at the beginning of the year, we did an episode. It was like, why your starts keep stopping. And it was a lot of what we see commonly derails people. And that's definitely one of them is not having a better perspective on when you don't succeed or you have this setback or this failure. And, and one of the ways we like to look at it is as in relapse, because technically speaking, you're, you're who you are knows how to operate the world in a very specific way right now that does not include the workout. So all you've done when you skip that workout is relapsed back to that person. But that doesn't mean you're a failure. It means you get to find out why didn't it work. Let me be curious. Let me figure out a different way to try this and then step forward into trying the change again. Oh, I like that. Relapse. Yeah. It's a great way to look at it. 
it's a lot kinder than failure. <laughs> it's a lot less final too. Failure is a final kind of idea in our minds. Yeah. Failure, just you believe then that you can never do it or it's never going to happen. I feel like failure is a strong word and a strong feeling mm -hmm. and cultivating your setbacks as relapses. It helps with that because then when you see yourself as, oh, I just relapsed back to what I was doing before and that's okay. Why didn't it work? Like what you're talking about is helping people walk through, okay, what happened here? Instead of saying, oh, it's never going to happen or judging it, instead putting your curiosity hat on and saying, why didn't what you thought would work? Like it, workouts are a great example. You thought morning workouts were it, you know, that's, you were going to get it in before the kids were up, you're, you're right, X, Y, Z, and then you find out, okay, this last week, it never happened, despite my best intentions of believing that was where it should happen, too many things happened. And then mm -hmm. instead of saying, okay, I'm going to keep it here, it's the reflection of, well, can it be kept there? And allowing yourself to discover, hmm, maybe how I was thinking about it wasn't the best way. So yeah, what are your common questions for helping to have someone explore new alternatives when something has led to setback instead of forward progress? I mean, I think typically I love to just hear them like kind of talk through the situation really of like, okay, well, tell me about, you know, that obstacle or what you thought. I love the, I love the word relapse. So I'll actually use that. Like, tell me about that relapse. Like what factors do you think contributed to it? Um, and helping them, I think just helping them kind of work through it with that compassionate curiosity perspective um, is something that a lot of my clients kind of echo. Like I've never thought of like looking at things this way and, and being a bit of a detective and kind of removing that emotional kind of entanglement with the situation of like, let's just look at this you know, a little more objectively if we can and think of it like a detective of like, if this was happening to someone else, what do you think, what factors do you think could have led to this not working out like they thought it would? And then maybe what could we try moving forward again as like an experiment to see what could happen or what could work? And I think it's just that reframing of like, this is not the end all be all and getting curious about it. I love that being able to rerun the tape, play detective, but they also say when you actually have to speak it out loud to someone and kind of verbalize the experience, that's when your brain makes connections and can really, they themselves then can connect all the dots as to what's really going on or what their true derailleur was. Yeah. It's like, and I'm, my hope as a coach and as is that ultimately this is, because I don't think someone needs to be working with me forever, but it's teaching them, obviously, like maybe they do need the nutrition education or uh, like, I don't know, you know, what protein is, or, you know, they need those kind of like very practical pieces of education. But a lot of people need to learn how to work through situations like this that maybe aren't ideal without just like spiraling. And so I want them to learn how to do that through our, our work together. Um, and that is one way of like me, honestly, I don't want to do a ton of talking. I want you to do the talking because I know that you have it inside of you to figure out a way around this issue that you've run into and just talking it through. Um, without necessarily just letting your mind spiral in your head of like, oh man, it just didn't work out. There is something about just speaking it out loud. And it's like, you know, it's like you say something and automatically, automatically you're like, oh, it's all connecting now. <laughs> and then they're like, wow, I like figured that out on myself. And they will probably thank me. Thank you so much. And I'm like, I did nothing. I just asked you what happened. And you worked through that by yourself and then pointing that out to them as like, that is a skill that you can now put in your back pocket and take with you for in the future. When you run into an obstacle again, when you feel like you messed up or relapsed again, come back to this exercise and think through it like a detective. I love that. And 
you brought up an excellent point, which is with our clients even, we, we constantly say, I don't want you to be working with me forever. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to teach you that you can do this yourself. That eventually you're going to be able to do this. And actually you're more capable of it even right now in this moment mm -hmm. than you realize. And I think that's such a powerful point to emphasize to even anyone listening is you are more capable of change even right now in this moment than you currently believe just because you don't have a few tools in your toolbox to get you past the road bumps when they hit. I will never forget, I had this one client where I was asking your questions and they're always, you know, open-ended questions and then they were exploratory because I was trying to get her to connect her own dots because as you already mentioned, that's the most powerful way that someone is going to create meaningful change and transformation. And halfway through it, she stopped me and was like, you're the expert. Why aren't you just telling me what to do right now? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am so happy you asked me this question. And she's like, oh, good. Because for a second there, I thought it sounded rather rude after I said it. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, no, really? And I was like, I'm asking you these questions because you're the one that's going to come up with the solution. I'm like, I can give you suggestions, which clearly I am, but you know yeah. your life the best. You know what's going on the best. So you are the best person in the room right now to answer these questions. And she was like, I have never had anyone say that to me before. Wow. And I could see the light bulb go off of like, wow, I'm the one capable of doing this. You're just helping me get there faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like, I think a lot of people don't expect when they sign up to work with like a health coach or a dietitian or someone like that. Like a lot of it is just kind of uncovering to them what they already have inside of them. <laughs> like, I can't hold your hand at the end of the day. Like I can give you all of this information, but it's up to you to implement it. And there's just such something so empowering to see that light bulb go off in their head when they come up with these ideas for themselves and uncover these um, maybe like light bulb moments and to kind of see the confidence and like drive and desire kind of light back up when they're, you know, I think a lot of people have been kind of deflated by diet culture and all of these past attempts at changing their health kind of in a not ideal way that they can come into working with someone like y'all or me and feel really defeated. And it's, I think, such a joy to be able to have a small, small part in filling them back up with air and letting them kind of go on their own and feel like they can do it on their own. Agreed. There's nothing better. And, you know, it's today's conversation is twofold. The first is like how a lot of the noise that's out there will prevent you from getting to that place and experiencing that confidence and that success. And then on the other side is that equal impactful thing, which is silence, the things we don't tell people or that they don't know. And I wanted to ask you today as well, like, what is the one thing you want to scream from the rooftops that you wish people knew about change, but that's just currently silent right now in, in the prevailing conversations that are taking place? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> like I'll never pick just one. <laughs> I am like, um, indecisive at heart. So tell me to pick one of just anything. This <laughs> um, gosh, when it comes to making change, I'm going to wrap two into one. I would honestly say like believing you actually do have what it takes to make lasting change and being humble enough to start small. And I would honestly add another caveat with an open mind. <laughs> Um, it's one sentence. It's one thing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but truly, I think it's a lot of women, I think, don't believe that they can actually like experience change in their health because they've had the, the wind in their sails knocked out 
one too many times and it's knocked them down the ladder and they're just feeling like what's even the point at this point. Um, and so like actually believing that, yes, I can, I am the type of person I can make this change and starting small, hopefully, you know, we're 45 something minutes into this conversation about like, being okay with starting small and how like the slingshot, it feels like you're moving backwards, but it's really going to propel you forward. Like, I hope that description lives in someone's mind for the rest of the year, for the rest of their life, honestly, because that one thought could change the trajectory of, of her health if she chooses to believe it and then actually implementing, okay, I'm going to make one small change and give it like a solid effort and have an open mind that like, yeah, it could actually work. Like this could actually be what like leads to kind of the snowball effect of change. There is an author I really enjoy. Um, his name is Mark Batterson. Um, he's like a Christian, Christian author, but he has this saying, I don't know if he coined it or if someone else did, but it's like essentially living every day with holy anticipation and I think when it comes to changing our habits, improving our health, actually living with that type of like anticipation, like when you think of the word anticipation, like I get excited. Like I feel like my skin is start to like I just get antsy and, and, and looking for the good. Whereas a lot of times kind of the opposite is like you're doubting right? Like you either anticipate or you doubt. And I think just a lot of people doubt that like the effort they're putting in is actually going to move the needle. And so looking at that one small change that you're making and anticipating the good that will come from it over time. That's a beautiful thought. I love that. What I would build on it since we're, we're giving people the solid tips for keeping going on their change that they're currently maybe feeling like they're taking three steps back with is your small change. It will be hard. It will be mm. expect barriers, but to build on what you said, if you are coming from it and flipping the script on what hard means and you're flipping it to, I anticipate this being somewhere that I need to be and that it will be worth it instead of the flip, which is it won't be worth it. That allows the anticipation to stay because just because something's hard does not mean that it is not worth it. Mm. And so that anticipation, like lean into it, allow excitement to be there because guess what? When you keep putting in the small daily efforts day in and day out that we're talking about, there is no way that you will not get to where you see, right? That anticipation is going to pay off. I think that goes perfectly into the hiking analogy because yes. almost no one fails a hike. Sometimes it will be past your physical limitations or there'll be like a landslide, something that is unpredictable in life. Okay. We know that can happen. But most of the time we complete hikes that we set up to take because of the anticipation. We mm -hmm. have been told this place is beautiful. This view is so worth it. This, this vista that you will look out over will lift your spirits. And knowing that anticipation is what creates the success and what drives you forward when your feet are heavy and your legs are tired and you're climbing over your 97th boulder mm -hmm. is what creates success. And we don't give ourselves that same anticipation in change a lot of times unless we surround ourselves with people or sometimes have a coach that's like, I have been there. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. And I know it's worth it. And that's the power of community in making hard changes. It it establishes that there can be anticipation because there's someone who's done the hard work, fought the hard fight, and then brought back the evidence that says, nope, keep going. It's worth it. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said change is hard because um, I think that, again, it goes back to what we were talking about with just Instagram making everything look easy and effortless. Um, but change is hard, and that doesn't mean that if it's hard for you that it's just not 
you're not cut out for it or it's not meant to be. And I just think of like most things in life worth pursuing are going to have a level of difficulty to them and challenge and, and feeling hard. And, and that doesn't always mean that they're bad. Like a lot of times that means that they are a worthy and noble thing to work towards. I just kind of think of like, okay, well, what's the alternative? Right? Like we, we all can make our own decisions here. It's like, okay, well, if this change for your health feels hard, what is the alternative? Um, and kind of weighing them against each other and letting the, the client come up with, you know, the best, what they, what they feel is in alignment with what they ultimately value. Um, and that can be hard. Mm-hmm. That's where it is. One of those conversations, I think, where it's more valuable to be talking with a health coach or a practitioner or someone to help really keep that in perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do agree having someone in your corner, whether it's a coach or like if you are in some type of community, depending on the level of yeah, like support you need, it's so helpful to, like we said at the very beginning of like, as you are trekking up the mountain, um, you have those voices of just encouragement. Maybe there are people coming down from the metaphorical summit of the mountain that are like, you're almost there, you've got it, you're going to be so glad you went all the way to the top, or there are people that are coming up beside you, and they're like, man, like, I've heard such good things about this hike, like, you know, it's having that encouragement from other people that are in the game with you, they know how you feel, <laughs> and they can encourage you and cheer you on, um, I think that is a really big part of making it not quite as hard or making the hard maybe more meaningful. I, I love meaningful. And yeah. that sets up the final question that we always ask everyone right now. You're the person coming down the mountain saying it's worth it. And with all the hiking you do, we know that you know that it's worth it. But in your own personal wellness journey, what is one change for you that has been the most instrumental for you that you would like to pass on to our listeners because you really believe it could change everything for them? Oh, that's such a good question. Again, I only have to pick one. Um, if you think back to the thing where you like this, if I'm honest, I felt the biggest shift that changed the journey for me. Is there something that comes to mind? Yeah. I mean, putting it that way, I would honestly say the biggest shift came when I like let go of my grip on just wanting to lose weight. Mm. Honestly, um, that really drove a lot of my decisions around like what I was eating and how I was moving. And it always felt like I was just kind of in a prison until I decided I'm not going to focus on weight loss anymore. Like that's, this is not serving me. And that really was kind of that first domino that changed everything in my health to it feeling more enjoyable and life-giving and like something that I could stick with and I wanted to stick with rather than it just being this like back and forth tug of war where I'm all in or I'm all out and I'm like constantly nitpicking myself and things are never good enough, that would probably be, yeah, kind of the defining moment or shift. And I would say, I will also say, like, I don't think it all also happens like a light switch where it's just all of a sudden, <laughs> one day you have this huge epiphany and everything changes. Maybe you do have that like first kind of epiphany, but then gradually things start to shift. And it's like, you know, you look back in years and you're like, wow, when did that happen? <laughs> I think that's amazing. You gave me goosebumps because you could feel that shift. You could feel that with seeing it differently and thinking about it differently, that it allowed you to change how you were taking care of yourself. And you started to, instead of stopping during the hike, since we're, we're going to stick with that analogy, but you quit stopping and you yeah. said, no, I want to see the view. I want to see what everyone is talking about. And you, you've got that gift of allowing yourself to transform how you saw health and how you saw 
you know, doing wellness and taking care of yourself. I think that's just beautiful. Thank you. I'm over here trying to think. We, um, my husband and I went to Colorado and we hiked our first, well, my first 14er ever. And congrats. Probably being about two thirds of the way up the mountain and like wanting to give in. And I think that's because I was so focused on getting there, getting to the top, the result, that um, I wasn't taking the time to like slow down and honestly just take in the scenery for lack of better words and enjoying what I was doing, like enjoying the fact that like, oh my gosh, we are in Colorado and we are doing this incredible hike. The weather is perfect. Like my body is allowing me to hike for, I don't know how many miles it was. I, I got so caught up in just getting to the top that when my focus was that I wanted to quit more so than when my focus was on enjoying the hike being hard and everything with the altitude <laughs> um, and just the elevation climb. Um, but when my focus was on just getting to the top, I was more likely uh, more tempted to quit and turn around than slowing down and actually enjoying the like process and the journey of the hike. So I don't know if that, I feel like that kind of ties in with our whole hiking <laughs> <laughs> Most certainly it does. And I think it's such a beautiful reminder to end on because that does change everything. If you are present for the journey and enjoying it versus if you're just singularly focused on the goal, where then you have the threat of failure to reach the goal. I mean, that was just beautiful, Clara. And I think I can speak for Jennifer when I say we just want to say thank you for taking time out of your day on everything you're doing, especially with that list you gave us. You're growing a human, you're working, you have a husband, you're remodeling your house, you're preparing a nursery, you have clients, you have women you're cheering on and you're doing all of that. And you took some time to just be with us today and share your heart and hopefully encourage other women to continue to make healthy changes and reach that view that is so worth it at the top of the mountain. Yes, well, it has been such a joy. Um, I cannot think of a better way to spend an hour of my my day than chatting with y'all. I've truly enjoyed it so much. Thank you. And I cannot wait until we do this again. Yes. Because <laughs> I feel like there we've just scratched the surface on the things that we can talk about. Oh, yes. We could probably talk for five more hours. <laughs> yes. I loved it. I, you know, it's amazing when you get to talk to someone else who is trying to help others find meaningful change and not be stuck and encourage and say, no, you can, let's just keep going with it. You can scale that mountain. <laughs> if you've made it to the end, you're amazing. You've chosen to spend a portion of your limited time in life with us in your ears and your brain space. And that's something we're so grateful for. Here's your reminder to be kind to yourself in the process of any change. If someone you know came to mind while you were listening to this podcast, hit share They'll know you were thinking of them and have the opportunity to learn too. If you enjoy the show and you want to support it, please like it, subscribe to it, share it, or leave us a five-star review. It helps so much more than you know. We're glad you're here and we're glad you're part of the Critical Conversations community where together we're learning to ask better questions and choosing to do wellness differently.